Please be seated. Well, as we've said, we have some very special guests with us this morning who are going to be sharing. Um, did you want to come up and start getting set up here? And as you are, I'm going to say a few things about you. <laughs> you may have noticed the Malawian flag that we've been displaying throughout the morning on different slides and things. Uh, that's because Barb and Doug have been serving in Malawi for many years. And uh, this is today the last day of their Okay, good. This is the last day of their official service as they finish their deputation time, or at least their, their visiting of churches. Uh, no longer deputing, <laughs> no longer raising money, right? It's, uh, it's a totally different phase of life. And we are so glad that you're here with us today, and we ask God's blessing. Before you start, can I just pray for you? Let me do that. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for these wonderful folks and for the calling that you placed on their lives, and for all that you've done through them. And we ask that you continue to do many things as time goes on here. But Lord, in this time, I pray that you will bless them as they share and as they bring words from you and uh, words about their journey. We ask your blessing in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Thank you, Pastor John, and thank you, Fairview Avenue family, uh, for your support for us and through us for God's work among the Yao of Malawi. Um, from the beginning, when Rod, I don't know if you remember asking me, so now are you ready to settle down? And my looking you in the eye and saying, I don't know are filling out a missions conference commitment card anonymously uh, to Pastor John Fickett saying, I think this is what God has been preparing you for. To your M&M, Marks and Millers in Malawi offerings, where not only did you get a chance to give, but you got a chance to get, um, to sending Josiah and Abby Long and... Tom and Gabby Sanfilippo, Nathaniel Fickett, my sister Diane Miller, by the way, she said to greet you all, and Lynn Teach, uh, to get a taste of cross-cultural life and ministry there in Malawi, Mozambique as well, alongside us, to mailing out all of those newsletters. And by the way, shout out to Julie Miller for probably the best prayer card picture in the world. <laughs> She took it at Roxbury, 2013. And thank you for all of your financial support and all of your prayers. I just uh, heard that um, God placed a call on Sharon's heart. Not sure where she's sitting right now. And she's been praying for us. Thank you. And thank you for the honor of hanging out with you today and honoring the Lord for what he's done. Um, thank you so much. We've been back here in the U.S. since September the 1st, and today is our last home ministry church visit because as of January 31st, we will no longer be serving with BIC U.S. 
in addition to the friendliness of the Malawians and the, the warm, sunny weather of Malawi, we're especially missing our teammates and the broader missionary community there. But we're really enjoying time with family and looking forward to more family times with our children and our grandchildren and with Doug's dad who is in personal care at Landis Homes in Lidditz. As we reflect on our time, one of the biggest things that uh, we have learned over the years is the power of prayer. We've celebrated so many answers to prayer. God is good. Um, and as we talk about prayer, let's be clear. Prayer does not save us or make us any more acceptable to God. Only Jesus saves uh, and does the work. It's all grace. Prayer is not a got to, but a get to, a gift, a means by which we hang out with the lover of our souls and go deeper in intimacy with God. So the main point of our sharing today is to encourage all of us, us included, uh, to pray and just ask Jesus to hang out with us and say, particularly beginning of 2024, Lord, what do you have for me this year um, and beyond? Will you do that? Will you ask the Lord that question? Can I see a hand? Wow. Keep your hand up. Will you obey? <laughs> what <he says. laughs> uh. Where's Todd? Sikomo se jinji. Ligongo liamapopelo gao. Iai. Masengo ganugo kakwende chenene kwa bas. Uh oh. According to 1 Corinthians 14, where are our teacher gift people out there? I think there should be an interpretation. This is what he said. Thank you so much for your prayers and for your support. Because of your prayers, the work in Malawi is going on well. We first arrived as a family of seven with Todd on April 1st, 2000, to be Fools for Christ. But as modern mission, martyred missionary Jim Elliott famously said, he is no fool who gives up what he can't keep to gain what he can't lose. Amen? And Jesus also said, any of you who does not give up everything he has cannot be my disciple. That's Luke 14, 33, Matthew 10, 39. Whoever finds his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And Paul in 1 Corinthians 1, 25, for the foolishness of God is wiser than man's wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than man's strength. Here are some updates on our family. We're so thankful for them and for their support of us. And thank you for your prayers for our family. Seth and Amy live in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. Stephen and Rachel in Dillsburg with their children. Sarah and Sam in Mechanicsburg and
flashing news, she gave birth to their third child early this morning. John and Susanna, who are here with us this morning, live in Fairfax, Virginia. David and Sharon live in Salonga, Pennsylvania. They just got married a little over a year ago in December of 2022. So part of our calling uh, uh, to work with the Yao, a historically hard to reach, unreached people group, was the importance of being married to the land, being there indefinitely. Initially, we didn't think we'd work with the Yao because of spiritual warfare. We thought there still needed to be more prayer, more miracles for God to open the door. But that's where he sent us, and we felt led to take a stand in prayer um, and to just uh, to be committed. Um, I'll never forget looking at a map in the Lilongwe Hotel lobby with Todd and turning to him and saying, Todd, very profoundly, we're in Malawi. And then he looked back at me and he said, Doug, my interpretation of what you just said is that you burn your bridges. And I said, you're right. So there were a lot of challenges, the biggest of which was Bar's paralyzing accident. But God's grace through many people praying carried us through. Miraculously, it took Barb and all of us much less time than average to find a new normal, and we're grateful. I like this quote that I heard recently, we never stop hurting, but that must mean that we never stop healing. This is a bridge that I was crossing on my bike when I lost my balance and fell 18 feet down into the dry stream bed below on a rock on my back, which completely crushed two of my vertebrae and caused immediate paralysis. While I was in the hospital in South Africa, I was reading a book about God's grace, and the analogy was given that God's grace is like a river, and we can access his grace in different ways, however we wish. We can take a spoon down to the river and get a little grace when we feel that we need it, or we can throw ourselves into that river and allow the river to carry us. And that's how I felt when I was lying there in the hospital, that I was being carried along by God's river of grace. And it was because of the prayers of you and so many other people that I felt his presence in that way. Have you ever heard any references to prayer? Uh, we're so thankful for the privilege of renting an in-law suite from our son, Stephen, and his wife, Rachel, in Dillsburg. This was a huge answer to prayer. Another unexpected provision has been the opportunity for us to move to Cross Keys Village in New Oxford this coming April. I grew up as a, P as a PK a preacher's kid. I accepted Christ as my savior with my parents after a revival service and dedicated my life totally to God when I was in high school. The meaning of the name Barbara 
in Greek is stranger or foreigner. And I took that as my life purpose and Abraham as my role model. Because as it says in Hebrews, when Abraham was called, he went. I had literally been praying though, the title of our Sunday school ministry, our musical at that time, which was, please don't send me to Africa. Because at that point, my parents were older and I really desired to be close to them during their later years than to be so far away. But God spoke to me through a sermon about Jesus saying, whoever's not worthy, who, anyone who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Letting or going was difficult for me, but letting go is sometimes even harder. And my dad said afterwards that letting us go was the hardest thing that he did in his life. But we're so thankful for our family's sacrifice and for their letting us go. I also grew up as a PK, but in my case, I was a pagan kid, though we had some Pagan, 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 pagan. We had some church uh, connection, um, but I didn't come to know Jesus personally until I was in my first year of college. As a child growing up in an extended family of high achievers, I questioned my identity and tried to find acceptance in some honorable ways, um, but uh, like scouts, um, academics, music, sports, uh, church even. Uh, but also in some shameful ways, and realized that I could not only not keep promises I made to my parents, I couldn't keep promises I made to myself. Like the Apostle Paul said, so it's written in Romans 7, the good I want to do, I can't, and what I do do, I hate. Um, but after unexpectedly having the opportunity to read the Bible for myself, God began to reveal himself to me. Not only that he is holy and that I'm not, uh, but that he is personal and he is loving. And uh, so after a time of partying, experimenting with Eastern religion, while also attending church, God helped me to take that step of trusting Jesus, his death and resurrection for forgiveness and a relationship with him. So why missions for me? I can still remember my dorm room, Bundy Dormitory at Hamilton College, upstate New York, close to Utica, uh, where there was a verse in my Bible reading that jumped off of the page. I think it was a similar verse that jumped off the page for Todd. Romans, or the exact same verse, Romans 15, verse 20, where the Apostle Paul said, it's always been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ was not known. Uh, so that was the beginning of a call to the unreached, though I didn't fully understand it at the time. It led me to changing my major in college, learning language, studying rural development in Guatemala, and eventually attending a Bible college to train to be a missionary. From there, God called me to serve with the Kekchi Mennonite Church in leadership training in Guatemala, which is where I met Barb, who was teaching missionary children. From there, the Lord redirected us into pastoral ministry in the United States. So now, fast forward, why Malawi? The Lord used the Worldwide Missions Perspectives class to remind us of our call to the unreached. And um, while we were here, 
living next door, we prayed as a family and um, talked about being open to the possibility of Frontier Missions. And we filled out a commitment card. Even before the missions conference began, we did not sign it because I was new in staff and we hadn't heard anything specifically. But we did it as a reminder to ourselves uh, to remember that we had said yes. And so then the Lord confirmed that call to be in church planting among the Yao with a vision for a movement of multiplication. Yao believers making disciples who make disciples who make disciples. And we praise God that there are now about 30 village fellowship groups. Malawi is in southern Africa. The Yao people originated in Mozambique and live predominantly there in Mozambique, but also in Malawi and Tanzania. We lived in the town of Mangochi, just south of beautiful Lake Malawi, the third largest lake in Africa, and commuted to local and remote Yao tribal villages. Other missionaries lived in the city of Blantyre, about a three-hour drive south of us. We are predominantly involved in leadership training, teaching at the Interdenominational Bible College, Evangelical Bible College of Malawi. Um, working with the National Brethren in Christ Church is predominantly Shewa uh, by tribe. Malawi is about the area of Pennsylvania. About one-fifth of it, though, is lake. And so it's much more densely populated, even in Pennsylvania, with 21 million. Pennsylvania has about 13 million. Our missions involvement has always been two-pronged. One, leadership training with the National Chewa Church. Uh, they're at the Bible College in other ways, and uh, church planting with the Yao. Uh, they adopted the false religion of their, trading, their slave trader partners, um, their Arab trading partners in the 19th century. So they were the slave traders uh, in the past, but then were marginalized when Christianity came into Malawi through the British. Many have found this prayer guide helpful in understanding the Yao culture better. It has a paragraph on each page about the culture and then two prayer requests that go with it. Consider using it for praying for the Yao because many of the Yao still desperately need to know the good news about Jesus. There's a QR code on our display table that you can use to download it to your smartphone. Our ministry team consisted of a Malawian national worker and his family, Madalizo, and his wife, Ethel. There are two children there. They're expecting child number three. And our American teammates, Estel and Kristen Bathurst, and their five children pictured on your right, former grain farmers from Kansas. We're so thankful for the love and the unity that we experience working together with them. What's the first priority for our missionaries? is to learn the language and the culture. Language, learning language is huge. Just the process helps you to humble yourself, to laugh at yourself, and to be teachable. And that quality of being humble, being teachable, learning from the local people 
that's going to serve you in all areas of life and for the rest of your life. We praise God that through us, he has birthed 27 active Yao Fellowship groups, most of which got started through already existing groups, about half seekers in evangelistic Bible study groups and half believers, uh, believers groups hanging out in fellowship, hanging out with God and each other, and 14 apprentice leaders who have helped carry, help the team carry the load. In October, as Lynn referenced during Sunday school, one of our apprentice leaders, um, our youngest apprentice leader, started a new village, uh, Village 31, for the first time. Uh, the one in the orange shirt is the chief, Malitsu's in blue in the middle, and the apprentice leader is in black on the right. One of our ways of serving has been grassroots compassion, like providing relief through BIC Global Compassion Fund to give relief when there's a tragedy like or a situation like the cyclone that went through in March. And then foundational has been prayer evangelism. Applying the principles of Luke chapter 10 where, that we, we read about where Jesus sent out the 72 to pray blessing, to welcome people's welcome, to heal the sick, and share that the kingdom is near. Uh, through this, relationships of trusts are built so that even village chiefs feel safe to ask us how to be saved. We recommend using this 30-day prayer devotional, too, for developing a prayer, care, share lifestyle to be Jesus in your neighborhood. I think one key to prayer evangelism that we sometimes miss, and perhaps the most important part of the caring, is allowing those that you're praying for and building relationships with to care for you. When you do that, you show a humility which inevitably helps people to feel safe, to share personal needs so that you can pray for them more specifically. Our approach to evangelism and discipleship is chronological teaching gradually teaching from Genesis 1, creation, to Christ. And it's helped the Yao to get a good understanding of the gospel. After concluding the first um, 68 lessons of the evangelistic phase, we summarize God's story with the John 3.16 diagram. And most point to the upper right-hand corner when we ask them if they would see this picture like a map, where would they be? in their relationship with God. And they state that they're already in heaven because they're in Christ and he is seated at the right hand of the Father. Praise God. There are approximately 70 Yao baptized believers in our fellowship groups. 18 were baptized in October. One new believer said that he wants his new name to be Stefano because he's now a follower of Jesus. And like Stephen in the New Testament, he isn't afraid of persecution. Another believer said he would reach out to others by first praying that God will reveal himself to them. A new practical part of the ministry has been Crown uh, Stewardship Ministries Foundations for Farming or Farming God's Way. We're so thankful for the support of our 
missionary fellowship community, missionaries and national workers from about eight different nationalities and denominations, but they meet together weekly for worship, for Bible study, and for prayer. We're also thankful for our partnership with the Malawi Brethren Christ Church, here pictured with the current and former bishops and the official board and our regional administrators. We really want to emphasize prayer. I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. I pray that all of them may be one so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Treat them with respect so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Have you heard any references to prayer this morning? So this is one of the things that we're the most thankful for. Uh, what Jesus has taught us over the years about the power of prayer, personal prayer, and that of our prayer partners and prayer warriors. A dear brother emailed us soon after we got back and asked if we would release him from his commitment to pray for us regularly now that he's on hospice. How humbling, but also how encouraging that the fruit that we've seen is because of his obedience to accept God's call to pray. I'd just like to encourage you to let God continue to grow your intimacy with him to bask in his presence, and to learn to see what the Father is doing. Even Jesus said, the Son of Man cannot do anything except what he sees the Father doing, John 5, 19. How many of you heard of the revival at Asbury College in Ohio this past spring? How many of you know some of the backstory? An 18-year-old accepted her assignment from God to pray for her classmates. And so she got the names of all of our classmates and prayed for them every time when she was out jogging or in class. And look what God did. Praise God. Pray. Oh, sorry. And as these verses um, allude, there's exponential prayer in the prayer of agreement. Power in the prayer. Yes, so that, yeah, exponential, exponential power. So that freshman, she didn't just pray by herself. She recruited other people to intercede as well. And one of Jesus' final prayers for his disciple, he prayed for unity for the salvation of others. So we attribute a lot of the fruit that we've seen to the unity of kingdom workers um, for the Yao, among the Yao, both in Malawi and Mozambique. And don't forget that it starts at home. There's no more dangerous place to be than wherever there's unresolved conflict, especially at home, and not having an open heaven as a result. Pray in the spirit, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And pray in the spirit on all occasions for all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. So why is prayer so important and powerful? Because we're at war. 
And prayer is part of the whole armor of God, a great defensive and offensive weapon, praying in the spirit with all kinds of prayers all the time for all God's people, especially for those who have a target on their back. Pastor John, the leadership here. Amen. There's nothing that the devil fears more than prayer, not politics, not military might, education, committees. And that's why I think James wrote, we see it recorded in James chapter 4, verse 7. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will what? Flee. Pray. Pray. Pray with desperation. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. The disciples must have realized that prayer was special because they didn't ask Jesus how to perform miracles or how to preach, but how to pray. British revivalist, 19th century British revivalist, Leonard Ravenhill, said that everything on earth is going to fade away, but there's something about prayer that grasps eternity. Therefore, pray, always pray. He also said, no one, I don't care how large his church, how many books he's written, how far he's traveled, no man or woman is greater than their individual prayer life. Ask, seek, knock, because the door will be opened. Pray with persistence. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. What does it mean to always pray and not give up? Obviously, it does not mean meaningless repetition with many words because Jesus taught against that, but that we keep our requests continually before the Lord. Um, not meaningless repetition, but even Jesus prayed three times. The Apostle Paul prayed three times. And we can pray a lot, but not mean, meaningless prayers. Uh, we fully believe, uh, we live by faith, and we believe that he will answer. And it may seem that he will delay. Jesus said that God is loving, unlike the unjust judge in the parable, and that he will answer quickly in his perfect timing. So let's pray and never give up. Pray with power. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Enough said. Our weapons are powerful. The weapon of prayer. Pray with perspective. I looked for a man among them who would build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so that I would not have to destroy it, but I found none. So I will pour out my wrath on them and consume them with my fiery anger, bringing down on their own heads all they have done, declares the Sovereign Lord. In the devotional that Barb referenced before, Be Jesus in the Neighborhood, the author writes, intercession is crucial to God's government of the world. Things will happen when we pray that wouldn't have happened if we hadn't prayed. No wonder the kingdom is advancing and the gospel is spreading to every nation in the world. It's because of prayer. Pray for all people and leaders. I urge then, first of all, that requests, prayers, intercession, 
and thanksgiving be made for everyone, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. The Apostle Paul said, I urge, first of all, pray for all people and leaders, because God wants all people to be saved. As you pray, imagine God's power being released um, for all your relatives, your friends, neighbors, missionaries, the United States, Israel, Ukraine, the whole world. Prayer can release blessing and bring change anywhere in the world without us even moving from our place of prayer. And God has given us that awesome privilege and power. Pray for workers. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were, like, they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. The harvest is plentiful and the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Even in Southern Africa, only five years ago, we had 10 families. As of 2024, we're down to only three. Will you pray for workers? However God wants to, it's his harvest. He's the Lord of the harvest. Um, and so maybe it's these apprentice leaders that he's raising up. Um, but will you continue to support those that God's raised up and send them out like you sent us, sent us out? Um, we also prayerfully consider going or encourage your children or your grandchildren to go. If we ask, he will send. Just like he raised up our Yao co-worker Malitza in 2016 to join us and the Bathurst in 2019. Amazing answers to prayer for us and for the work. Will you ask yourself this question? Am I doing what God has called me to do? There are over a dozen approved posts for global workers under BICUS WM in Asia, in Africa, South, South America, Europe, and the US. Personally, want to thank the Lord for uh, these answers to prayer. Uh, very smooth transition for us so far. I was answering an email from Julie Miller soon after we got back, telling her that everything was going well. She said a lot of people have been praying for her, so we thank the Lord for that. Barb had cataract surgery in October and November. That went well. The arrival of this little girl in November, Grace, Ida, Spurgeon, 18 baptized believers uh, there in October, and that new seekers group uh, that the one apprentice leader started, Village 31. We just heard yesterday, uh, Village 13 has started outreach to a few new villages, not just one, but a few. And there are about eight religious leaders that are attending those Bible study groups. And this coming year, they are going to be the second of a, an area, village area that will participate in Crown's When I Was Hungry training, where they get to learn the same kinds of biblical principles of stewardship and agriculture and finances that uh, we were trained with. In, in just a short period of time, but then Crown commits to visiting them once a month for a year and then once every other month for
for two years so that they can be with them for every, uh, uh, all throughout uh, the different seasons of the growing cycle. So we're thankful um, uh, for these uh, specific answers to prayer. Please pray for, and Barb already spilled the good news. <laughs> this was our prayer request as far as yesterday, as far as we knew. Um, yeah, so the baby has arrived, we heard early this morning. Do we know a name yet? I think it just came in. Oh, uh, you want to know the name? Is it public? Yeah. Okay, I haven't even heard it. And we just now know that it's a boy. We don't know if it's a boy or a girl. No. It's a boy. It's a boy. <laughs> Samuel Henry Williams. Named after his dad. Samuel Henry Williams. Praise God. For improvement for Doug's dad from his stroke in October. For our team. Uh, let me uh, clarify this. Uh, Ethel is, is um, expecting child number three, so, yeah, right? Yes. Yeah, for a safe birth there. For our teammates, oldest son, Landon, uh, the oldest of the twins there, um, he has scoliosis, and just for his continued improvement. So they've been home for an extended period of time in Kansas. Uh, so for Landon, uh, for healing. And then for the Bathurst transition. Ethel just arrived back from Kansas in Malawi yesterday or the day before, and uh, they will be joining him the beginning of March. That is Kristen and the children. And pray for the salvation of the seekers in this new village and for Village 13's outreach and for their upcoming I Was Hungry training by Crown. Sikomo. Sikomo. Here's your... your, your your one-word language lesson. It means thank you. You picked that up, I'm sure. It also means you're welcome, or it's a greeting, or excuse me, or whatever. Thank you for listening. Thank you for praying, praying for us. Thank you for sending out and supporting workers, and thank you for going. I saw that hand at the beginning of the service. So I'd like to close with a benediction for you fine folks. It's a benediction that Barb's dad used frequently, and it's which we shared uh, on our farewell, vi uh, farewell visits uh, from Acts chapter 20, verse 32. And maybe I'll paraphrase it. We commit you, we commit ourselves to God and his message of love, his message of grace, his message of freedom, his message of healing, his message of encouragement and empowerment, which is able to build us up and encourage us and empower us and give us an inheritance with all God's people. Amen.